Felipe, thank you so much for, uh, for actually ex extending the offer to do an interview and talk about your company, uh, which is, and by the way, sorry, is it Felipe or Philippe? It's Felipe, correct. It it's, is Felipe. Okay, good. That's the Spanish right. pronunciation for Felipe, yeah, correct. Well, you know, the English is terrible with, with pronunciations and, and foreign languages. So I have to be unabashedly um, unashamed of butchering anybody's name. Um, so Demetria, uh, I looked that up. I, I'm not going to pretend I was this erudite, but I looked it up as the Greek goddess of harvests or harvesting. Is that correct. about right? Correct. Correct. We, we, we chose the name exactly because of that. Uh, and uh, I am sort of a nerd on uh, Greek mythology and stuff like that. So I, I always I thought that if we were doing something in agriculture and harvesting, I thought that they, that name was good. And it's also good because it's uh, in Latinized names, it's to measure, right? Or uh, or it's an inflection of, of to measure. And wow. that is exactly what we're doing. So that's why we chose that name. And have you, if you're a, if you're a fanatic of, um, of mythology, have you read Stephen Fry's book? Not yet. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy at this time. Uh, I pretty much don't have any other time except for some exercise and getting meals uh, inside my body. And that's it. <laughs> that's the crazy world of the startup. So let's let's That's dig correct. into it because I know you're limited on time. Um, you're it's correct to say that you're an Israeli-based startup, but you're out in Colombia, correct? So yeah, we're we're both based in Colombia and in Israel, mm -hmm. sort of, and that's that's part of of uh, I think the secret of our success. That what what we do is uh, obviously Israel is very well known on on innovation and agtech innovation. But what we sort of recognize is that a lot of the innovation that happens in Israel is focused on sort of like seasonal crops, never tropical crops, yeah. like coffee in itself. And what we saw is that a lot of those technologies we could adapt and develop for tropical crops. And that's, that's in a sense how, how Demetria got formed. We, we saw technology, we understood sort of the problematic or the issues around sort of the, the, the value chains in coffee and other commodities as well. And, uh, and we said, okay, there's, there's a huge value to, to bridge that gap, to, right. to, 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 to sort of adopt technology that already was proven for other crops, but uh, on, a, on, a, on a revolutionary way in, 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 in tropical crops. We should, we should probably start, we should probably start, Felipe, yeah. by actually saying what, what Demetria does. I've downloaded yeah. your apps, by the way, um, and, okay. and I tried to log in, but but it wouldn't let me. But I, I, I... no, but we can we can we can set you up. We can set you up. It has to be. Uh, uh, it's it's not designed for somebody to go right off. Uh, the, I was just so seeing how far I could get. I, I actually didn't expect to get it to get it running. But let's <laughs> tell everybody what what Dimitri is all about because it's um, kind of radical. Yeah. So uh, we are we are about. Uh, Sort of the problem in coffee, at least the way we see it, uh, or the opportunity, depends on where you stand. Uh, the opportunity in coffee is very significant because coffee has gone through a voyage, voyage of, of uh, uh, premiumization. Okay, so uh, coffee today is more an experience rather than just basically getting 
your caffeine rush in the morning or wherever in the day, whenever in the day. Um, and uh, taste or the sensory experience of coffee is the most important value driver. And, uh, and we're still doing the same assessment of taste that has been done for centuries, which is actually doing a cupping test, which is uh, an expert, a qualified expert does the cupping. This means that because it's a qualified cupper, the vast majority, if not 100% of the smallholder farmers in the world, uh, people don't necessarily understand this, but probably uh, your podcast listeners uh, do if they understand coffee, it's smallholder farmers. So mm. it's two to four hectares in, in av on average. And that is the case, for example, here in Colombia. So it's amazing that the vast majority of, of uh, coffee growers have never tasted their coffee. They don't know what they produce. So what we are about is about transforming the way we assess uh, the quality of coffee through technology. So we've developed a technology that allows anyone anywhere with a sensor and a, a, a smartphone or a tablet to be able to assess the, the sensorial quality. You can call it taste, but you're not tasting it, of coffee in green coffee beans. And, and this we believe is potentially revolutionary for the industry because it gives farmers a level of empowerment that they didn't have before. Because evidently, uh, if what you don't measure, you, you don't manage. Uh, so uh, we kid around in, in, in the industry, at least, and I've seen it, it it's that uh, sort of coffee, uh, the fact that sometimes coffee is, is volatile. Uh, you probably understand this, that it, it's not only the terroir, which is, uh, generates the quality of the coffee, but from harvest to harvest, it changes. And, mm -hmm. and if, if this is su such a volatile uh, uh, quality generating sort of process, and there's no data in this process, there's right. absolutely no data. It's, it's completely intuitive. So, this is, so you've got, just to, just to be really clear, uh, to yeah. anybody new to, to the company, you've basically mm -hmm. developed <clears throat> an application uh, which you can put on your mobile phone, it's Android or, or iOS or whatever. You've got an application you can put on the phone and there's a separate, and I've seen the, the video of, there's a separate, uh, very, very small sensor, sensor um, which is doing what spectrum analysis um, and, and I mean, if we're talking about the size of, I don't know, a couple of inches, something like that. And yeah. the two pair up and you scan the beans with the sensor and the information is passed the mobile phone and it gives you information about the taste profile of the beans. Is, is that in a, in a nutshell? Is that at the beginning? I know it's, I know you do a lot more than that, but in the beginning, that's no, the no, no, but, but I, that's, that's a very, that's a very, very well summarized uh, way of putting it. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly it. So, um, uh, it is, it is ubiquitous. It's allowing ubiquitous measurements of, of, uh, sensory quality. And, and, uh, once again, people in the general public do not understand, but probably your listeners do is that 
for you to cup, uh, for you to be able to assess the quality of coffee, you need to take green coffee, which is the standard form of traded coffee, and you need to roast it. Mm-hmm. And then you need to prepare a cup of coffee. And it's not only the access to the expert, but it's also access to the equipment. Uh, this right. is sophisticated and, and expensive equipment. So, and it's time consuming. So uh, a copying session could take like 40 or 50 minutes. So that is, that is a, in our belief, is, is a structural market inefficiency, right? The most important uh, quality car, uh, or the, mo- the most important value driver in coffee, which is taste, uh, is only measured very few at times. The end of the, in- at the end of the value chain. That is crazy. It's crazy. Right. And that's what we want to change. That's what we want to change. And, uh, and so our approach to the market is basically we're developing applications from a top-down uh, way. So we're trying to establish this as, as, uh, from the buyers downward so that mm-hmm. buyers get comfortable with the technology to start using it. But our, our primary goal is to go to the farmer. Now the farmers themselves. I mean, I'm very yeah. interested in this because, you know, it's on a it's on a separate industry, but we also cover cocoa. And and last year we gave uh, a couple hundred bars of chocolate. We bought a couple hundred bars of chocolate. We gave out to uh, to farmers in Liberia because these cocoa farmers had never tasted chocolate. That's and it was just something we did. We just did it right before Christmas because it was a sweet thing to do. But um, but. You, something you said something earlier just really resonated with me, which was that you're saying that farmers have never tasted their that some farmers have never tasted their own their own product. That's correct. That's correct. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, and the reason the reason being is is, is Nick is that if you think of the market structure, right? So, uh, green coffee bean is produced in co- in countries like Colombia, Brazil, etc., and uh, the roasters historically have been in Europe. Right. So, so, uh, so in a nutshell, up until recently in Colombia, only the best coffee uh, was available, available for, it was easier for you to get uh, the best coffee from Colombia than for me here in Colombia. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Up yeah. until recently. Uh, so, so, Typically, what what has happened is that because roasting is not done on premise, and and just until recently, uh, roasting machines have become miniaturized. So there mm-hmm. is the possibility of of doing, uh, let's say, efficient roasting roasting from a micro roasting point of view. And obviously, you probably have touched this in your in your podcast a lot. So up until recently, it it was it was. It was almost unheard of that that a farmer understood the quality of the coffee that they were producing. So now, what they'll do with with your equipment, that what they'll get is data. So because it's it, you're right, they're not going to be tasting it, but they'll get an idea of where their coffee fits in terms of a taste profile and you know what people what people what kind of market there might be presumably for that kind of uh, for that kind of flavor for that kind of coffee. How exactly can you articulate how exactly the farmer will benefit from that knowledge? What will they be able to change something, or will it maybe introduce um, new opportunities for them to to market their beans? But but basically, what's in it for the farmer? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very good question. It goes to a core of what we want to want to achieve. Uh, so 
let me tell you a story, right? Uh, and you probably uh, have heard it before. Um, and the, the story is the following. I've been to these uh, copying contests, right, uh, for, for a long time uh, here in Colombia and, and places, other places. And there's, the, the farmers are there and they submit their coffee for evaluation. And the guys have, that ha always get the, the, the greatest points and they get awarded the coffee and they have the lot that, uh, I don't know, generates a huge profit. You, are, you go back and ask them, what did you do differently to produce this cup of coffee? And they cannot answer. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. So it's amazing, right? And these, these, are, and these are the farmers that get to these contests are the cream of the crop. So these are the most sophisticated of the sophisticated of the farmers. So it is not only giving them empowerment to understand what they're selling, which is huge, okay? Because, and, and understand this, if, like in, in a country like Colombia, a farmer, when they sell their coffee, they go to a cooperative. The cooperative doesn't have the capping capacity. So what, what does the cooperative do? They'll pay you standard commodity price cost. It's later yeah. down, when somebody cups it and understands, oh, this coffee is pretty good, that they understand there's a premium there. The farmer didn't receive that premium. Okay? So uh, that's the first lever of value. The second lever of value is what I just mentioned is actually, once you start measuring quality, you can manage quality. So it's understanding the processes that helped you or uh, allowed you to produce that quality. There's some processes that you can control, like that are raw, uh, like we were discussing. You cannot control, well, at least you cannot move those levers uh, easily on a, on, a, on, a, on a weekly basis, like uh, weather, uh, the variety that you have on the ground. Uh, but there are a bunch of levers that you can. So everything around fertilization, when you do the harvesting, how you do the fermentation, that is a mm, huge level. Huge, it's very key, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of talk on that at the moment. Yeah, and it, and uh, uh, I'm sure you know about these, these uh, exotic coffees that uh, need to go through uh, an animal's intestine, and they they seem to be the great deal. I've never tasted them, no, but at no, the end of the no day, for that. <laughs> at the end of the day, all those processes are just fermentation processes. Yeah. Right. So, so what we what we envision is to be able to give data and give tools for farmers, for that farmer that I asked, uh, okay, do you know what happened? And and he will say yes. And now I know what I need to do because I have data and I can replicate what I did. And it's, so this uh, is I, I can make it more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. This, this makes total sense. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of a numbers guy. So I I totally get that. And um, when I'm going into, if I ever go into a business and, and it's very interesting, you all in our industry, a lot of people talk about ethics. Um, but I learned this a long time ago. I believe you're ex McKinsey. Is this right? McKinsey? That's yeah, correct. Yeah. That's correct. So about 25 or 30 years ago, I read a book called the McKinsey way. I can't remember how long it was a very long time ago. 
and I still remember some of the lessons I learned from 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 that time. I think I was reading every book I could on on big consultancies. I was working for Cap Gemini actually at the time, yeah. and um, and uh, one of them, I think it was maybe the McKinsey way, but one of them said, if you want to really, that companies say all sorts of stuff, but if you want to really know what they value, learn what they measure. <laughs> and if they're not measuring it, they don't value it. <laughs> so correct measurements correct. are 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 at the key of everything. Um, so I imagine that this also translates back to, to you as well, because you need to, this, this system, and there's a, the talk about it being, you know, AI and or machine learning or, or whatever on the back end, you're getting data in order for, for that to, to really work. You, you need data to work off of, you need data sets. Um, mm -hmm. so presumably, uh, you, as farmers use this, you're gathering that data there needs to be some kind of, presumably some kind of feedback as to if it's telling you, if the data is telling you one thing, at some point that has to be validated or, or repudiated so that you can learn from that data and say, ah, okay, we didn't quite get that right. We got some things right. We maybe didn't get other things right. We need to improve. How does that, talk us a little bit through how that process works. That's a very good question, uh, Nick. Uh, so that's it. That's it. How that is why we're taking this top down. Okay. Because first we need to establish what is good and what is not good if, uh, from a, from a very simplistic point of view. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, the people who have the power to say that are the ones that are close to the market, the, the, the roasters, the right. ones they understand what is good for you or for me from a coffee perspective what is quality okay uh, so that's why we're measuring at that level that's where we're starting to say okay we have a we have an understanding of what is good and what is not good so when we trickle down we understand what is good and what is not good and we can give that feedback yeah i got so, you so that's that's a that's a very simplistic way. Obviously, it's it's, it's more more complex than that. But the, if you boil it down to its parts, that's exactly what happens. Great. So, at what stage is the business right now? I know you've just taken a three million, you take well three million funding from from well, I think it's your sister company. So you yeah, you you're... And, and and local and local Colombian investors. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, this. So, yeah. So for us, it was easier to, to tap into local Colombian investors because uh, when you're Colombian, you're never uh, more than one degree of separation away from a coffee shop. Okay, so everybody understands. <laughs> uh, so it, it was easier for us to do that. Uh, where we are at right now is we, we've proven the concept. A lot of people in the industry, when we started sort of working, they would say, you're crazy. This is impossible. Uh, we we were fortunate enough that a a, a couple of, uh, of of places of clients in the industry had the technological background to understand that this might be possible, and they they believed in us. They believed that this this could be the future, and uh, so where we are right now is we've already uh, developed, tested, piloted, and are rolling out an application with actually does described earlier on, which is with a very small sensor, handheld sensor, sensor, at the purchase point where the farmer goes and sells his coffee, 
they're able to determine if it is a particular high value taste profile that they're looking for in that region uh, or not. Um, and uh, so it, it's pretty tested, it's tried and tested. Uh, we've done obviously the first invoicing. invoicing. So we believe that at this point in time, we're at a, at a point in time where we're given that the technology is tested, we have a lot of conversations uh, commercially on development in parallel, and uh, that we believe that it's, it's time for the world to know. And uh, we're in the process of basically doing a bigger uh, financing round to ramp this up uh, worldwide. That's that's Fantastic. the objective. So those those are the two, those are the two sort of main sort of work streams from the market side and from the sort of financing side that supports the growth of the company. Fantastic. So um, so you have a technology, it's proven, you've got some revenues, you've got your seed funding, and you're going to go for your Series A and then go big globally. That's correct. That's correct. How exciting. What an exciting. Well, no wonder yeah. you're not getting much sleep. And I can see it's starting to get light outside. So you were there. That's right. Literally, we've talked through the night now, Felipe. And uh... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, I have these because you would hear a combination of traffic and birds chirping all the time. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> these are pretty good. Uh, no, and and you 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 mentioned cocoa uh, mm -hmm. that you guys cover cocoa. Uh, that would be our next step. Now uh, you're getting ahead of me now because that was going to be my question. You're making me look like a bad interviewer because I I'm you're taking Sorry. you're answering all the questions before I ask them. Let me let me just get ahead of that. So Felipe, what's what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, uh, so Coco's next. Uh, uh, we started in parallel with Coco and Coffee. And, and to be honest, uh, Nick, as, as a small startup, you need to choose your, your battles early on. Mm. And uh, the, the big advantage that coffee has over cocoa, which is starting to change, is that in coffee, at least the copying uh, standard, it, there's a common language across the board in coffee. And, and that, is, that, is a, that is a fundamental uh, input to our technology. Right, yeah. Because if, if we have a, a standard, we're able to codify that standard. Uh, in cocoa, it's being codified. Yeah, this it's actually work underway, but it's not it's not there yet. Yeah, it's not there yet. So, so uh, it, it 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 would be ideal for us if if that standard would be better once we deploy this to to cocoa. But it it is what it is, right? So, but so. We started in parallel because, as, as you may know, the market structure for coffee and cocoa are sort of uh, twins. Smallholder farmers do not understand their quality, uh, uh, do not have a lever of understanding their quality, do not have access to technology. Uh, there's a huge... Uh, even even bigger than in, in in coffee, which is which is concerning, but a huge concern on on sustainability in, in cocoa. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, in coffee as well, about uh, whether like uh, coffee growers and cocoa growers are getting older, and there's not a second generation that wants to continue the business. 
And mm-hmm. we see this as a way also for, for younger generations to get it, get passionate about the business. Giving it, they, they want to be connected. They want to be in the, in the digital world. So, uh, so there's a huge parallel from the farmer side. And uh, it, even more so as, as a trader and, and, and sort of at the, at, the, at the roaster side, right? So there's, there's huge overlap. Some of the trade, the, the the largest traders in the world in coffee are largest traders in the world. In the same thing; well. they're operating in both commodities. You're right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so it, it makes sense to do it to do to do to, to do cocoa, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the processes at the farm level are also very similar. So, once again, cocoa needs to get fermented. Uh, uh, needs to dry like coffee, exactly the same thing. And once again, fermentation, big value driver. And it's 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 uh, it's like I've seen the fermentation in coffee, and I've seen the fermentation in cocoa, and I've seen it. And and you ask him, okay, why uh, four hours? Oh, this is more or less whatever. And it, there is no consistency. There's no consistency. No. No, but it also varies depending, as you say, on the harvest and everything else. And somebody asked this question. Uh, on on the forum last uh, last week, and um, there was actually a poll put out, which was what was the biggest influencer on flavor. This is in cocoa. What was the biggest influence mm-hmm. on flavor? And the majority said fermentation. And somebody Go asked a question to, I think it was Vincent Moreau um, of uh, uh, um, in Vietnam, uh, and he, uh, who's an award winning chocolate, uh, you know, cocoa producer. And um, uh, and chocolate maker running his own shop, so he's truly you know like tree to bar you know uh, producer. And they asked the question um, on fermentation: What? How do you know when it's the right time to to stop? And he said, when it tastes, yeah, you taste it. Um, and that was it. That was that was his answer. So uh, yeah, look, I, I can see I can see this is um, this is an industry as as they say in the technology space ripe for disruption, um, and it's fascinating what you're what you're doing. I want to because I know you're limited on time. I want to steer the conversation a little bit towards the future plans, and yeah. and so and, and also uh, my mind was thinking of different possibilities. So. Um, so the the farmers use this tool, and it becomes uh, a becomes a tool where they can start to get information that they just didn't have before, and maybe start to base some of their decision making on on some analysis and facts, uh, and then they can start to steer. Even if it's not super granular, they can start to say, "Let's make some of these bigger changes, or some of these more macro changes, which we know led us in the right direction last time." Um, so then they they scan and they get a result from their from their phone. It says this is the flavor profile of these beans. I know on your app one of the things that kind of excited me was uh, that buyers can then look and and do a search for a particular type of a flavor that they're looking for and find a a supplier. So my question is: Is this a is this going to be a facilitator for direct trade? And is that part of your business model to, to build a marketplace? Yeah. Uh, so, so the short answer is we don't know yet, right? Uh, uh, because this is, this is, as you said, this is potentially uh, 
one way to 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 address that issue. But evidently, it does give you transparency because by 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 farmers being able to measure and this information being in the cloud, a buyer of coffee can 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 detect that information and tells uh, tell a uh, contact the the, the, the the producer say I want your coffee. Um, it's a, it's a, I, 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 we really haven't gotten through the thinking process of, of, of going there, but uh, could be, could, could, could possibly be. Now, the, the advantage of doing a top-down approach is that when the value chain gets uh, engaged in, in doing this technology is that there's a huge incentive for promotion for the farm. So one of the one of the biggest uh, challenges we have is affordability for the farm, right? So despite the fact that these sensors are so small, uh, they're literally this size, uh, they're in the hundreds of dollars range. Mm. So, and that still that still that still leaves out uh, a lot of the farmers out out of that. All right, it, we're close. But there's the chicken and egg situation that you need huge volumes for it to be low. How do you get the huge volumes if the price is, is, uh, is not, not where it's supposed to be? But we're solving that equation. And the, the reason that we're, and, and, and part of the way we're solving it is that we're giving roasters and traders huge incentive for them to incentivize or, or foment the use of the technology or finance or even even subsidize the use of the technology by farmers. So, so that's that's a so it, it could go either way. But right now, the the process we're going is exactly what I described right now. We're using the top-down approach also to be able to to make sure that farmer uh, affordability is there. Yeah, that, I think that's that's great and. Um, I know that uh, I, w I should have looked this up, didn't do my homework, but you know, IBM has this uh, blockchain solution for, um, for helping uh, define provenance of, uh, of, of where your coffees come from. And so I, th I think Starbucks mm -hmm. did a deal with them. So you can kind of scan your code, your OMR code on a Starbucks cup and, and take a look. It's called Farmers something or other, I think it's called. Farmers Pharma Connect, thank you. Thank God, someone, one of us did our homework. So, um, so, but I mean, the, the the mixed reports I got on on social media, and this is very anecdotal, uh, but the mixed report I got on social media was it, it wasn't giving an awful lot of information. People are a little bit disappointed. At least maybe it was early days. They were disappointed that it it didn't really give them a lot of detail um, uh, from from the test that I'd seen people carrying out, and I wondered whether. Um, whether you could throw another another trendy technology in with what you're doing and 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 add blockchain to your AI and become super valuable uh, because because <laughs> you know that you stack these things up right and <laughs> just add another zero onto the valuation but no in all seriousness all have you thought about if you're doing that you're scanning it the question comes is can you can you evidence that you know what was scanned is what is is what is produced and 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 what people are putting into their cup. Have you thought about that problem? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, there's something in the works. So uh, 
so to your to your to to, to your last question, uh, uh, so we are working on a traceability application, right? Uh, and uh, so our approach is, a, is is different because since we are we will be able to connect the physical world with the digital world. And the way to connect those is through the sensory fingerprint. So each individual batch of coffee has an individual sensory fingerprint. Yeah. So if we're, if we're able to read it to detect the sensory analysis, the, the cupping, we're able to use it as a fingerprint. So we can track that particular batch of coffee through each step of the value chain. And we can tell a buyer, okay, this coffee is this coffee that got sent by this person and we can detect it's, it's been adulterated or not, or it's been fidgeted or not. So, oh, I see. so it, 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 it's kind of a revolutionary way of doing uh, traceability because traceability historically has been, I can trace the packaging. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, but it's it's disconnected with the actual content. Yeah, you can that's change absolutely the content. Right. It's it's uh, and there's a huge industry all around track and trace on packaging, and everything Correct. from holographic stickers to all sorts of things. But it's never really been for. I don't think anybody finds it a particularly ideal solution that we've that we've come across yet. I love the idea of the sensory fingerprint. It's a great it's a great name that that, that communicates what it does. So, so, so that's that's what we're trying to do. It is it is an ambitious uh, from a technological point of view because you need massive amounts of data. So it's it's not sort of in the in the early stages of our uh, development rollout. It's, mm. it's it's on the back end because we need once we get all the data for all the other things, then we will be able to have that uh, that uh, capacity to do that. But it, it, it is, in a way, uh, solving that issue, solving that issue. It's not only solving what quality, but from where it came from, what's the voyage of that being uh, through the value chain so that the, the consumer understands and really uh, makes sure that uh, he's supporting whoever he wants to be supported in the case of fair trade. Mm -hmm. But also for, for the whole value chain, it's a huge value because there's a lot of shenanigans that goes in, in, in the industry. Uh, there, there's, you know what, it's, um, I'm, I'm, you really give me a lot to think about. I'm just very conscious of time. We've got a few minutes left, but I'm, but I, I you've given me a lot to think about both in the coffee and the cocoa sectors. The cocoa sectors have a different set of problems that they face, um, especially given in, in, in Cote d'Ivoire, especially, and, but also in Ghana. Basically, out of West Africa, they have issues around deforestation and child slavery. And I'm now now thinking, wow, if you can actually put a fingerprint on where this cocoa has come from, then um, then I'm wondering. I, I need to go and think about that. But I'm wondering how how that can contribute to the sustainability, uh, sustainable um, supply chain problems that that uh, big companies, as well as smaller companies, but but. They, they face because putting practical audits on the ground, doing, you know, doing audits is expensive. And so people don't do it very often. So there has to be a, a another way. And um, so listen, we'll, we're going to wrap it up because we've got a couple of minutes. There's a left. solution. 
please. Let me, let me before before that, uh, and I, we can spill over like five minutes. If, if, okay, super. Because this is interesting. It's a. It's, I have an audience. It's, it's <laughs> And it, it, it's good to have an audience that knows the industry. That typically, uh, uh, we need to start from from scratch. But this is this is good because it's 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 a, it's both way. It's a it's a good conversation. So, um, uh, related to that point, right? So, because that terroir uh, sort of is imprints on that sensory fingerprint, you can. Um, detect the region, the coffee, or the cocoa was uh, was grown. So with big data, you can actually detect, okay, this coffee is, is, is Colombian coffee, this is, and this is not Colombian coffee. Right. Okay? Uh, so you, you, you can go to that level of, of sophistication, like uh, Bordeaux, it tastes different than uh, whatever. It's the same thing. That's what your palate is telling you. Is the same thing that the that the chemistry is telling. Uh, so uh, so in in a nutshell, that that is the direction that we want to to go to solve all those issues around uh, ethical sourcing, uh, sustainability, which which is what traceability as a whole uh, encompasses. Mm. Now, this is really interesting. So uh, we will have to catch up again. When will be another, we'll have to, we'll, we'll talk offline, but you're going to tell me when the next, the next point in your business plan has, has got to, and we can have a follow-on conversation because I think this Absolutely. is a fascinating conversation and, I, and I'd love to, to keep it going. Absolutely, Nick. So it's, it's for me it's, uh, as well, because uh, like I said, when, when somebody knows the industry and resonates, it's, it's, it's also good to know because, Obviously, uh, this is a business opportunity, but at, at the core, it's also uh, an impact. Uh, They're the best uh, ones, we right? Where to... you can combine making money oh, yeah. with doing something that's actually having a positive impact, then everybody's the winner, right? That's correct. That's correct. Felipe, thank you so that's much true. for your time. Uh, I, you're starting your day. <laughs> it's light out. That's true. So, yeah. so have a great day, and I look forward to following the activities of your business. Thank you very much, Nick. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks, Felipe.